You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge. Tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Jill Dijon was born in Holland and pursued a successful modeling career in the United States. After making the career shift from full-time modeling to health coach, personal trainer to author, she's never looked back. She currently lives and works from her home in Maui with her husband. When Jill isn't working, you can find her in the ocean, doing water sports, going on adventures with her badass friends every Wednesday, the magical day of the week, as you guys know. And she loves having meaningful conversations and making delicious food. Those things make her heart sing. That is Jill's bio. She is our guest this week on the show and kind of interesting because she is a very successful supermodel. And who would have thought that you could incorporate modeling into light workers. Well, you can. Jill is the author of the very popular book called Models Do Eat. And as you'll hear in this episode, she really wants to transform our mind, change the lens that we view the world of modeling through to be more holistic. And I think, let's see, I love the Brain American Eagle. And if you go on their website, they have women of and men of all different shapes and sizes and stretch marks and moles, scars, like just things on your body that normally, as you'll hear Jill say, normally the modeling world wouldn't allow, but we're totally taking a different direction and moving away from the long legs, tan skin, blonde hair, blue eyes. That's the picture perfect of a beautiful human being. I say all of this in air quotes and moving towards a different paradigm in that people's energy the confidence that they exude when they're in front of a camera, when they're just being themselves, is what modeling is all about. We as a collective, Age of Aquarius, we are shifting into wanting real, authentic, the truth. And that involves modeling. And beyond that, Jill is not just a model. She's done many other things. And in this episode, my Aquarius sister, you guys know Aquarians are my favorite sign, so this conversation is awesome. She talks about going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And as you guys know, I also went to that school. It's much more than an online school to become a health coach. It may look like that on the surface level when you visit their website or read my testimony of it, but it single-handedly changed my life. I have a whole episode or two dedicated to it. In fact, I need to work with them to have an ambassador come on the show to talk about exactly what the program does. But even the old owner, his name was Joshua and he would teach and give speeches sometimes, but he looks like an alien and he acts like an alien. There's no other way to put it. It's so fascinating what the Institute for Integrative Nutrition is doing. You know, I published my first book, thyroid first aid kit, and I would have had no clue, no clue. Come on. I worked at nine to five in an insurance company. I would have had no clue how to publish a book if it weren't for IIN taking my hand, showing me along the way, having a group of 10 people who were in the program be my accountability partners in a very gentle way, because that's what my emotional manifester and human design needs. But this school, as you'll hear Jill say, also completely changed her life There's something magical about this place, and I feel very lucky that I am an ambassador for the school. So with that said, if you've thought of completing a holistic health coach program and making it your career, working for yourself, or maybe, just maybe, you don't want to be a health coach because you like what you do, but you want to know the difference between 
plants versus pills. You want to know how you can holistically treat your family's ailments, especially in the time of COVID. So if you are interested in joining this program, I'll add the link to check out my website, my personal testimony in the show notes. You can go to lightworkers-lounge.com and click on career and find out all about IIN and how it has helped me and Jill get to where we are now in our careers. It's truly the foundation. And yeah, you get a discount when you use my name as well. Pretty big discount if I do say so. And I highly suggest it. If it feels right, if you've been looking for a sign, this is that sign. So the link to that will be in the show notes as well as lightworkers-lounge.com. Click on career. Without further ado, here is the most laid back Hawaii conversation between Sagittarius and Aquarius that you'll hear all week. Here's Jill. So Jill, welcome to Lightworkers Lounge. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you're my best friend already because you're an Aquarius. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And you know, like, and I love that you're an astrologist because I am really into it, but I don't really like the, you know, the the superficial, you know, day to day. I really like the deep stuff. And so I hope. What are you, an Aquarius? Uh, I've, you know, like, I, yeah, like I was going to say, I, I can learn so much from you and, yes. uh, you know, you, you've been into health coaching and you lived in an RV. I have too. We both are podcast hosts. I mean, I'm, there's so much to learn about each other, but I'm sure we have right. some more in common. Yeah. Health coaches. We were too. Yeah. Yes. Health. I mean, health coaching really has changed my life. So. Yeah. It's been a beautiful addition to my life to go from modeling, which I was doing for a long period of time, um, born and raised in a small village in Holland, and it was my yeah. ticket to freedom. Like, oh my God, I didn't know what to sign up for the rest of my life. I didn't know yeah. what. Career. How did you get into modeling? Did your parents um, encourage you or? Not at all. No, no, no. In my village, no one ever talked about these type of things. No one ever commented on, you know, my looks. It was just, you know, you're just you. And it has a very healthy upbringing. I went to a, an event where all the teenagers go to when they have to ch- kind of pick a career path. And I'm walking around and there were model, modeling scouts. And they were like, hey, girl, have you ever thought of a modeling career? I'm like, are you crazy? I'm like, me? No way. Um, so I was honored, of course. But I thought, that, you know, that person that came up to me made a terrible mistake. And then that same day, two other modeling scouts came to me and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Is there some truth in this? Maybe this is a sign. Yeah. So I, I was asked to take part in a modeling competition and I had to send in pictures and I'm, I didn't have good pictures of myself. I mean, back then we were still printing pictures, remember? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny that life has changed that much? Um, so I didn't have any pictures to send in um, until I, I did. And it was just a day or two past the deadline for sending in pictures for the contest. But I did it anyway. And I was like, let's see what happens. It was some, some pictures on the beach, very natural. But you could see my body because that's what they want, right? They want to see like your shape and your proportions and so forth. So anyway, I, I was... Um, yeah, I was uh, invited to continue on in that competition and became one of the finalists, one of the winners, and then got invited to Italy 
to Milan, to the fashion capital in Europe. And I was there for a week at first, um, pretty scary, you know, going out. I mean, I had never even flown anywhere. I had never been in a subway. Mm -hmm. I had never been in a country, you know, where I had to speak a foreign language. Mm -hmm. It was really crazy to get into that agency, get looked at as a piece of meat. meat. Measure you, you're standing in your underwear. I didn't know I had to strip down in my underwear for the owner of the company. Like someone could have warned me, I would have like worn some better <laughs> underwear or matching, right? No, it's really yeah. funny. It's, it's incredible what um, vulnerable position you, you're in in that moment. But you know, it is a business and I had to learn that very quickly. Wow, modeling is a scary career because not only as women, especially young women when we were growing up, just our culture and our society, music, art, commercials, media, it already makes us scrutinize our body. As I always say, go into any drugstore and you'll see the women's makeup aisle takes up three-fourths of the store. And then yeah. the men's personal care aisle is just one thing. So we're already programmed to kind of pick ourselves apart. And then to go into a career in modeling where you have to strip down and have someone just pee, you gotta be tough yeah you you know you have to learn how to deal with it how to separate it from you know you it, you got to learn how to not take it personally even though it is somewhat personal it's not because it's a business right and so luckily I was I was pretty skinny then I didn't have to lose weight it was more like hey your waistline needs to be more defined go to the gym and define your waistline um you know like there were obviously pointers and and etiquettes like I had to learn how to move because models move beautifully and graciously and I was and still am a tomboy I'm like okay how does this work and it was pretty intimidating to be surrounded by all these wonderful girls that already had careers going for themselves and here I am I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing here but I love the fact that it's an adventure I wanted adventure and I think that's why I stayed with it for so long. Um, it, um, it, I've not, you know, I'm not the type of girl that cares about makeup. I, I still, to, uh, uh, you know, today I don't, I only wear mascara, that's it. I have, I don't have any heels in my closet. I don't like fashion. I have never bought an expensive handbag ever. And I will probably never, you know, like I am just not that type of girl, but the adventure of not knowing what you know you're going to do tomorrow or even next week getting on a plane going to you know beautiful destinations um working with different people really getting to become a chameleon because you are yeah. put in situations where you just have to get along with the people that day that you're working with you have to get to know them even though you have maybe nothing in common maybe you know some of them are assholes and you still got to go do it and smile and shine so it was it was a really good it was kind of like, um, you know, it felt like military school at times because I was you know, also, you know, the thing that most people think of is glamour models. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's, there, there are certain parties and luxuries that feel glamorous, but I was sleeping in a bunk bed, you know, like with <sighs> four girls in a tiny room. We couldn't even, we couldn't even unpack our suitcases. We just wow. had to go wake up work 12 hour days most of the time, then get on a flight, do the same thing the next day in, an, in another country. And um, yes, yeah, so it was a, it was hard, hard work. I gotta say like, I have a great work ethic because of modeling. 
and, and especially working with Germans uh, in Europe with a catalog because they squeeze every penny out of you. They pay you really well, so you're not going to complain about it. But man, you're tired. They get their the the money's day, worth. Woof, it's like your soul, is, your soul is sapped. Like it feels like all the flashes of the camera takes a little piece of your soul. At the end of the night, like or at the day and, and nighttime comes, you can't even speak. You're just like, oh, oh, I got to sleep. That's a good analogy. Like every flash from the camera is just ripping a piece of your soul. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How long did you do modeling for? Well, full-time, 15 years, um, wow. and I only just ended my last contract a couple of years back. How did it so, feel when you ended the contract? Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I mean, still, like, so I now live in Hawaii, in Maui, and thanks to COVID, we are able to work and live here. My husband always wanted to have, uh, spent more time here, have a house here. It wasn't necessarily my dream because I didn't know what it would be like, but it's, it's beyond amazing to live here and work from here and my friends here are very adventurous so when oh, we're, yeah. we're and you know like they are my badass girls like we always go on adventure once a week and um, I saw your Instagram post about taking one day a week to just unplug and go on adventures your little yeah. reels and videos I'm like photoshop me in I want to hang out with you exactly. guys it looks so Don't fun out. it is so fun and today is actually today after this interview I'm going to grab my adventure bag and we're going to go out. And I, you know, I've never been on the hike. I've never, you know, what we're doing today is a, a, a brand new to us all. And we're going to, yeah, go see and check it out. And it just really helps get through the week. It's not actually a whole day. It's oftentimes like a part of the day or even a few hours. And it just makes all the difference in how you feel, how you show up on your Thursday and Friday, because we call it Adventure Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, we work hard. Wednesday, we do a little bit of work, then go adventure. And Thursday, Friday, you're recharged like it's a Monday and Tuesday. Wow. As if you and I couldn't be any more similar, that is literally my schedule. Wednesday is my day for adventure, going out into the mountains, grounding myself. And then Thursday and Friday are just like the best days. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I had to learn that. I had to learn to Me not too. deplete myself every week to go into the weekend like you know so thirsty and sleep deprived and just like okay I really can't be social because I've talked to many people I've been you know giving too much of myself like I have done too much I've asked too much and now I need to recharge all weekend to get back to Monday and work really hard and not too long ago I mean it must have been a year ago I'm like you know girl like maybe maybe back in the days you thought it was cool to be always busy but it's actually not that cool. It's actually not cool to be depleted and tired and, and not wanting to be social on your days off where you should actually be able to enjoy these things You be active and do things that make you get out of the house, not, you know, be a hermit. That's where I'm at right now. I got diagnosed with stage three adrenal fatigue this year, which Why means I've, you know, as a health coach, that just means I have yeah. been burning the wrong end of the candle for too long. And that's yeah. a whole other episode of, you know, it's inherited ancestral uh, generational traumas of work, 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 work. Cause if you don't work, you're going to have no money and you're going to fail. And so that's something I'm currently working on and you're right. It's sad, but I'll be the first to admit that on these Wednesdays, I still feel a little bit of guilt. Like, well, I should be tweaking my website. I should be working on hiring someone to help me, but it's like, no, it's okay to rest. It's almost embarrassing to admit that. I know. I know. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I, I literally have to drop everything I'm doing 
the minute like my friends are pulling up on my driveway and I'm like, <laughs> oh. okay, bye. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh and yeah. My, my friends have to drag yourself. me out of the house. It will be done. And I think the one thing, um, it's kind of like a mantra for myself and that I repeat to others too that are kind of like us, like that you can do it all doesn't mean you have to do it all, all oh. the time. Right? I needed to hear that. I'm gonna, that's going to be the quote to promote this episode. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we have to hear it. But I wanted to actually touch back on your question. Uh, so you asked me like what it felt like to give up the contracts. And, and the funny thing was we went into adventure. And it is actually about body freedom that I wanted to touch down on. Because as a model, you have to look a certain way. Um, you cannot get tan um, you know, in, in places. Uh, you always have to have like equal color uh, all over your body. So, you know, like when I was going on vacations, I had to cover myself up. Uh, I always had to like be very careful not to like hurt myself because if you are, you know, if you have to break anything or if you have bruises or scabs, like they're not going to want, you know, want that on set. So all these things made me feel somewhat restricted. And as in a very adventurous spirit, um, I wasn't maybe doing all the things I wanted to do and lived and expressed myself exactly how I wanted to. And so when the contracts were done and I wasn't going on castings anymore and I didn't have to look a certain way, I was like, okay, this is truly amazing. What do I want to do? Do I want to shave my head? Do I want to, you know, like, I mean, all those things came to me, right? Because now I had the freedom because I, I thought it was so cool to shave one side of the head, like the male on one side, female on the other, a very masculine, you know, that the beautiful vision. And I was like, you know what? I want to do that for the longest time, but because I now have the freedom, I think I'm good. I'm, I just want to, you know, just wow. see this out. And so what I've discovered is that, I mean, funny thing is if you look at my legs now, I have plenty of new scars scabs every week i have a reef cut on my butt because i i Ow. fell when i was kiteboarding on you know on the landing pad that was you know it was a dangerous landing um or launching pad i should say and so we knew that but anyhow i slipped and uh, every week i have something new but it's not like limiting me from living my best life it's not like i'm breaking anything or spraining anything it's just part of an adventurous life Today I'm going on an adventure and I might, might get some bruises. I mean, an adventure is hardly ever an adventure if you don't come back home with dirt under your nails, yes. you know, some new mosquito bites, like yes. sweat, dirt, I mean, smelly. I mean, I love it. And I, you know, and that's something that I couldn't do when I was modeling. I couldn't get all these bruises, scrapes um, and, and little scars that I'm accumulating on my legs right now. And, and so when, when my friends ask me, or, you know, some people comment on it. I'm like, you know what? To me, this is a sign that yes. I'm free. And I'm so glad I'm not bothered by any of it. Yes. I have two bonus boys from the relationship I'm currently in. And they're four and five. And whenever they, like, fall and cut their knee or get super dirty, I always say, signs of a good day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that you encourage that. Because yep. oftentimes we're told not to get dirty, not mm -hmm. to hurt yourself, be careful. And I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to, I mean, I am careful, but I want to live. I want to. Exactly. Right? I, I didn't realize 
the industry is that restrictive. I like all the things now that I'm not going to take for granted. Like my morning routine is before I touch my phone or anything, I go sit on the front porch and just bask in the sun and kind of meditate for a little bit. And my hair, it's kind of like yours. It turns blonde very quick in the sunshine. So I can't imagine if I had to like wrap my hair up or put it on a hat, not just freely go outside and enjoy the sun. Yeah. Like I would have to think about what am I wearing right now? Like a sun, you know, because in the end, if you know, you're wearing a lot, like a little clothes and you have to wear bikinis and lingerie. So you can't have any tanning lines. So you always have to think, okay, how can I equally tan my body? And oftentimes you cannot because, you know, you can't really be topless most places. So you have to cover up your arms and your neck and everything else. And so, yeah, when you see people wrapped up on the beach, you might think, oh, that must be a model. <laughs> like yeah. Under a towel. Well, wait, can't they Photoshop things? Isn't Photoshop oh, they, so they, extensive they, now? They, they certainly can. And, and things have definitely changed a lot, but it's money, right? If you have tan lines, like they want you to show up close to perfect and mm-hmm. that's your job. And, you know, I took my, my job very seriously. I took it, you know, I really just wanted to deliver good work. And, uh, and so, yeah, you don't show up with wa- unwashed hair. You don't, you know, you make sure you shave. Can they Photoshop it up? Absolutely. But that's not professional. It's more right? work. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, what in your modeling career inspired your very popular book, Models Do Eat? Models Do Eat was inspired by my own health issues. I was not eating well on the road. I was oftentimes, most of the year, I was sleeping in hotels, traveling on, yeah, traveling from um, one continent to the other. I was yeah, just eating poorly, skipping meals, uh, thought I was being smart and, and uh, by eating diet products. I didn't know that those chemicals were just so bad back then. My body was screaming for real nutrition. My immune system was weakened. Uh, my pH levels were off. My body was acidic. I was not my happy self. And I knew that, but I didn't quite know how to make it better. So I got to find like this amazing nutritionist who actually did uh, a, a, he he took a little bit of blood and he put my blood under a microscope and then projected it on a TV or like had me look at my own blood moving. And it was like, whoa, whoa, this is cool. And he's like, what? So what I'm seeing, just so you know, like whatever I'm seeing, we can cure it. I'm like, okay, well, okay. Uh, I hope I'm not sick or anything. But he said, he just kind of went like, okay, so your white blood cells and, you know, he was just explaining me what he was seeing and what it, what a better or better environment would look like. And I was like, okay. So because I had that visual and, and, and could see inside my body for a moment, I felt this calling to be more responsible for everything I put in my mouth. And so he, he taught me about alkalinity and acidity and what, you know, like that does to your body. So everything you put in your body has an effect on how you feel. And I was thinking, well, I buy everything at Trader Joe's. I'm healthy. <laughs> that, that was like my, you know, that was my thing. And I was like, not really reading labels. I didn't know how to. So it, it, it started that journey. Like, okay, I'm going to have to learn what, you know, what the labels mean, right? I have to learn how to cook. I didn't know how to cook because it was always on the road. But man, the healthy food was still boring back then. So I had to make it taste better. 
And um, I felt like there was a lot of news about models that wasn't great, right? Models do drugs, models party, models don't eat, they have eating disorders. And it's not false or, you know, like not true. A lot of them did and have, you know, like participated, but there was also a new movement and I was part of that new movement. And I could see that other models too were trying to figure out a better way to stay in shape to have a life to, you know, to really do things better because depriving yeah. yourself of food is never a good idea. No, because you'll binge. Oh my God, I used to eat the vegan morning star. They're like fake chicken patties. Oh, and I yeah. thought I'm vegetarian. <laughs> I am so healthy. And now when you look at the label on the back of the box, it's like 40, 50 ingredients. <laughs> oh, it's awful. It is awful. So like I, I wanted to get this positive message out of, hey, we can do this better. And I obviously firsthand had my own experience and I healed myself with, you know, the, the right nutrients. Cooking has definitely been a huge part of my healing process because now I, I was in charge of what I put in my body and I respected my food so much more. And I just loved the whole journey I wanted to share. So it was, it was I first started a blog and that got great traction. And then I was like, I'm going to do this book. And I love goals. I call myself a goal digger. (laughs) I love it. And uh, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. So a year later, I was ready to uh, get an agent and to, yeah, get this book out. So she shopped it around at the publishing house in New York and all the big names. And I was like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to have a book deal. So I better move back to New York because I lived in Miami at a time. I want to be close to my editors and I did. I did move, but I did not get the book deal. Uh, I was like, oh, shit. Now, what now? I mean, I so counted on it, but I did get really good rejection emails. They didn't just say, no, we, we're not going to take you on. They said, hey, we love what you're all about and your message, too. But we do think that you need a certification of some type. And, you know, like, you, uh, and, you know, we need you to become an expert in the field, not just, hey, this is what I did. And this is how I, you know, I'm, I'm now thriving in life. But you, we want you to become an expert. And we also want you to have more followers. All right. Well, one of the two I can control, right? Education. So I, I Googled how to become a health coach and I found the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Yeah, I I, yeah, exactly. Like That's I did I not want to become a health coach, mind you. Like it, I, I wanted to get that book out. I didn't want a career as a health coach. I didn't even know what it meant, but I was like, no, no, I just need to do this in order to get there. Yeah. But then six months into the program, they tell you, well, you know, this is a time where you're going to start telling other people that you are a health coach now. And I was like, well, I'm not really, you know, wanting to do this, but I'm like, you know, I have to report back to, to my coach. So I better start saying that I'm a health coach. And yeah. funny thing was my, the first time that I tried to pitch a client worked out and uh, she became my first client and she stayed with me for probably over a year. And I also coached her sister and it was a, such a beautiful journey. Like that, the first couple of clients within the year that I was studying changed me so much because I went from modeling as in, all right, I'm working for myself. I'm working with different teams. I'm working for these brands. I don't really care for any of it, like, but it's more money driven. It's sure it's adventure, but at some point it's really just work, right? And you work, work, work. And this felt like my heart just kind of expanded and swelled up. I was like, whoa, this is what they mean of being of service. Wait a second. 
has nothing to do with me anymore. And I get paid for this? What? What? Yeah, it was truly mind and heart expanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, I, I do want to do this. Like, this is awesome. I can make a difference in people's lives by listening to them, asking good questions, and helping them guide to make better decisions for themselves. Oh, yeah. IIN was probably the best thing I've ever done for myself was go to that yeah. school. It opened so many doors you don't even realize are there. Yeah, so true. Absolutely. And it, it changed the course of my life. It changed who I am. It changed, um, yeah, everything. And so the, the book came about, like, the, so, you know, to continue about the book journey, two years later, after I coached hundreds of women and men, I mean, it, it was, it just really happened for me. The health coaching was it. I made it a full-time career. And after a few years of helping so many, I felt now I feel like I have more to say. I'm, I'm, I'm the expert that they want me to be. And so I went back to, uh, I had to pitch a new type of concept just to, you know, just to make it more powerful. And what I did is I picked nine other women like me so we could be a team of 10 that were models, but also expert in health and wellness that all had a different story to share that all looked differently because I wanted this message to really be felt by so many because some women look at me and they listen to my story. They may not feel like it's relatable, but they may hear someone else's story and they feel relatable. And, and maybe it's also a look that they're going for. So I put together a team of models and health and wellness experts, and we did, we did uh, create this book together. And it was such a wonderful collaboration. So at the launch, on launch day, we were standing in Times Square, and we had 12 billboards donated to us. And we, we were just like in awe like combining of forces. And we've had been on billboards before, some even on, on Times Square billboards. But this was so different because it was our voice. It was our message. It was our brand. It was uh, really something, something that was so um, loving and generous from our heart to the world. And, and it felt wow. so different than being featured on a magazine cover or yeah. for a brand that, you know, you get paid for, but it's not like, it doesn't come from your heart. Wow. And how... F- fulfilling is that for you it truly was magical because even if I had like I was thinking if I had done this by myself even if I had like the, 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 the you know the billboards I would have not been able to celebrate and share the way we did yeah we, we we will keep that you know in our yeah in our mind and memory and hearts forever that is such a good but idea I love this, collaborations the genius of the collaboration of all the different types of models, different looks, because you're right. People do look at people and there's a subconscious aspect of us that just attracts us to certain images of different people. So is the book essentially the 10 of you sharing your personal stories in the modeling world and how you were unhealthy, but became healthy? Yeah. We all share a personal story. So everyone has a chapter and there's a little bit about us. So it's kind of like a magazine format like a little bit about us, like, so you get to know the person that, you know, like is about to share a chapter with you. Um, we all share recipes or favorite recipes and, you know, like add a little bit of a personal story to it. Could be family recipes. It could be something that, cool. you know, we've, we've we taught ourselves over the years, uh, you know, a couple of little tips and secrets, just really personal. And we don't really like 
say, eat this, do that. It's just like, hey, these are the recipes that we love. Try it and see if you like it. There's not one way of eating, just like what INN is really about, right? Like mm -hmm. there, it's all about bioindividuality. Know your body. If this feels good for you, continue doing that. If things don't feel good, change it up, right? Try something new. So it's not like it's a, eating. Yeah, intuitive eating is, is what it's all about. That's right. Wow, that is so neat. I love that. And you know, the, you make it sound so easy to go to being a health coach, to publishing a book, but it's not, is it? Because we have a lot of listeners here that work nine to fives or desk jobs that they are so unhappy, unfulfilled in. They really want to become a Reiki therapist or a health coach, but they're so afraid because not only is it hard to work for yourself because you control how much money you make rather than a salary you know is coming every other week, but how do you get the strength and the courage to just go after like, okay, I want to write a book. I'm writing a book. Well, I think it's, it's, you know, we underestimate what we, what we can do like in a year, like, and we overestimate like what we can do, like, you know, in the next weeks, like we, it's almost like we expect too much of ourselves, like what to do. Like if you start something, start something, but started, you know, start doing one thing and then do another thing. And, it's, it, it, oftentimes we already get stopped in our tracks knowing like how much work it actually is if you had told me jill you have to do all these things and study and then change careers and you know all the extra hours that you work when you travel on the weekends um you know like evenings before you go to sleep you're always editing like i mean all the hours and hours and years that you put in let's say when we talk about the book would you still have done it? Oof, right? Like, it's like, if you know all that, like, maybe not, you know, maybe you wouldn't have done all the work because it, it only works great if you, like, at the end, you're like, absolutely, it was worth it. But before, like, without really realizing how much work goes into it, you may say, mm, you know what, like, it's a little much. But if you do it step by step, not, you know, you don't have to think about the outcome yet. Just start. Just yeah. do the one thing and then the next thing. And then when you get re rejected or stopped in your tracks, I always see it as redirection. Like, okay, this, this didn't work. So like, let's say my book by myself didn't work out. I wasn't an expert and didn't have, you know, the help of nine other women to make this book a success. So the, if you think about starting something, just start it. Don't give up your day job. Mm -hmm. And believe that you can, that what you're dreaming of is a seed that is planted in you for a reason. Yeah, that's like right. I, I always had this idea, and this was like many, many years ago, before I was a podcast host, before I was doing any of the things I'm doing. I always had, a, had the idea and visual of me interviewing celebrities or people that you know have a certain influence uh, a positive influence but go deeper like not just ask them the everyday questions but have more meaningful conversations and take them on adventures and do fun things together so you could see a different side of the person that you know you admire and feel expanded you know looking and listening to the conversation and so part of that has manifested so many years later and then you know like you're actually when I'm interviewing uh, my guest on, on my show, Life Done Better, I, I'm thinking back and I'm like, wow, this seat was planted so, so many years ago. And I now remember I had that desire. So the desire that you have is certainly a desire to be pursued. 
And it's there for a reason. And especially if it keeps coming back, and especially when it's not told or uh, pushed on you by anyone else. Because it doesn't matter what other people say, like, oh, you'd be so good at blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it doesn't matter what other people think that you're good at or should be doing. It's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And, and so, like, for, for all the listeners, if you have a desire and a, a real deep connection to a certain calling, start doing it when you have the, and make time for it in the evenings, on the weekends, and don't get too overwhelmed by it because yeah. it is a lot. It is always more than you think. I can guarantee you that. I, I, I have designed a yoga accessory and, uh, you the know, the yoga block sock. Yeah, the exactly. yoga block like, sock. it's been something that I already had designed before COVID. It's a, you know, it's a cover to protect the yoga block uh, yoga blocks. So when you go to studio and the shared blocks have been touched by thousands of hands and feet, you can just bring your cover, put it on and, <laughs> and then bring it back home and wash it. So this has been something that I had already designed before COVID started. And when COVID started, a friend of mine was like, this is the time, right? This is your time to get it in production. I'm like, yeah, the design is there. I'm, let's do it. So, so we started the company together. She helped me produce it. Uh, she was based in California. I was already in Hawaii. And uh, let's see, now it's a year, year and a half later. And, you know, like we are still getting the rejections. And we're talking mm-hmm. to, to, to the bigger companies. We're talking to Gaiam. We're talking to wow. uh, 38. We're, and it's not like rejections, like, no, it's never going to happen. Like, we don't like your product. No, we all, they all love the product. But it's like, not now. Or, hey, we'll keep it in mind. Um this is maybe not the right match, right? You know, like it's really interesting. But again, like every time you do something, you're going to get roadblocks. You're going to get yeah. like oh, rejections yeah. or, you know, oh, yeah. redirections. And now I have to start thinking, okay, well, maybe then I, you know, I am have going in production again myself because I wanted to, the reason why we're talking to these bigger companies is that we we would prefer not to go into production because, it's a big hassle. We're green. Huge. We're not well educated in the area. So why not license the, the product? The, exactly. It's a patent design, right? So uh, patent pending at the moment. So it's, a, you know, you will be guaranteed whatever you're going to do, get all these roadblocks and you can just see them as an adventure too. And I think that's, that's like the word adventure keeps coming back because if your life doesn't depend on this one thing to happen, it would be great if it is, right? Like if it's going to be a success. But even if this is not a success, all the, the time and energy that you put in is going to add to your skill sets, right? And all those tools that you have to communicate, to pivot, um, you know, you learn so many things along the way will help you on your ne- next project. And on yeah. your next project, you're going to realize oh man, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have known how to respond or how to make this better or a success. And so you can also count on that all the energy that you ever put in something is never a waste, never, Mm -hmm. ever. Ever. I don't know about you, but I think that's my secret sauce is I like rejection. I love being turned down because it's projection in the right direction. It gives you, it puts you right where you're supposed to be. And it doesn't mean that that one thing you wanted is over. You know, I was a DJ and- in high school, I was a DJ. I had turntables. I made my own mixtapes, produced all of my own music. I cool. loved it. And I wanted to pursue it as a career, but it was frowned upon by friends and family. Like, you need to go to college, get a business degree, get a real job, because that's not really 
you know, you can't be a mom, you can't be a wife and working at a nightclub at 3 a.m. So I kind of tucked my tail between my legs and said, okay, I'll go to college and be the good girl. And so sometimes when I'm sitting here editing and producing the podcast and I put my headphones on and I'm like, I circled right back to what I've always wanted to do. You are a DJ of words. Yes. You know, like yes. you are, because I, when I was just celebrating my first year anniversary, uh, I had to like create a promo post and I put on my headphones and I pretended I was a DJ <laughs> for that post. And I was like, yeah, you I know think what? I saw Podcasting that. is being a DJ. Yes. And you, you moderate conversation and you speak to people's hearts. Yes, I love it. I love interviews, but I love solo cast too, where I just close my eyes and channel and just share whatever's on my mind. And you do really share beautifully. I have to say, like when I listen to the solo episodes, I am in awe how easy it comes to you. Like you don't re-record or edit. You're just Never. letting it come and there's no ums and ahs and you know, all these things that we say to Thank fill you. up space. So it's uh, a, That's a high compliment. Thank you. Oh, so you just had a one-year anniversary. Had you been married previously? Well, the anniversary was the Life Done Better anniversary. So oh, the podcast anniversary. The anniversary yes, of the podcast. I have been married before. I yes. was married for 10 years in a 12-year relationship. Uh, got divorced and then I found an amazing new husband. Uh, yeah, you said you manifested him in 24 hours. It was insane. Yeah. Please was- share that story. Is insane. So first I had been married to a great guy that was just not very happy with himself and, and was sabotaging our marriage, unfortunately. Like it was a couple of years of, let's say the, the first nine years was really amazing. And then three years uh, of the last three years were just really tough. And he How just, old were you when you got married? I was 22 when I first yes. got married. Yeah, same. Yeah. Babies, right? Doesn't it? You don't you look back and say, "Who? Why did people allow me? I didn't know what I was doing." Hello. That's funny. Well, you know, when I look back at the pictures, I do see baby faces, but I always felt pretty mature because I also me had too. already been traveling around the world for five years. I felt like I was a world citizen. I had my own career and I had my own life. I did feel like an adult, mm-hmm. and and so I I I do feel like it was a a, a good decision for so many years and you know like then we went separate ways because he was not happy with himself and the life that he was living and sabotaged our relationship and it had to let him go so but the the wonderful thing was that uh after so after we broke up I was heartbroken and you know there was some modeling job still coming in I wasn't doing it full-time anymore but you know when there's a job you obviously say yes it's always good money Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a job that this is five months post separation. Which and is still so fresh. So fresh. I still had tears in my eyes, um, you know, but, but I also had done a lot of emotional processing uh, in those years that we weren't good together, right? I think women already do a lot of the emotional work before the actual split up. Like yeah, that, that is such a good point to make. We've already detached before you file any papers. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of like you kind of know it's coming and still you have to grieve right over the loss. But I think man only grief many, many months after the split up. Like that's what kind of what I've seen in my life. But, you know, not all men. I don't want to generalize. But mm-hmm. so what I so five months into it, I get this invite to go do a modeling job in Maui, Hawaii, where I live now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd never been. I'm like, yes, sign me up. 
So I go, it's for a sports brand. And I always love to do active lifestyle shoots. And um, I have one day off after the shoot. And I want to make sure that I get to drive around and get to see the island because I had never been. So then I realized the day before my day off that I cannot rent a car because I had lost my driver's license in the snow a month prior in Colorado. And I didn't get a new one yet, so I was traveling on my passport. But you can't rent a car on the passport. So, okay, well, that's not going to happen. What am I going to do now? Hmm, well, two things. I can take a kiteboard lesson because I was interested in learning how to kiteboard. And I had already done quite a few lessons in other places. Um, so that was the one thing I could do. That would be fun. Or I could get a bicycle and do a tour around the island. And so the, the day comes, I, well, I was going to decide just looking at the weather. There was no wind. I was like, all right, kiteboarding is out of door. Went to the cycling store, set up my bike because I had already you know, told him I was going to come if the, there was no wind. And um, the owner says, yeah, cool. We're going to do this tour today. There's another guy joining. And I was like, okay. Um, so like just you and this other guy? Just the other guy. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> and my current husband walks in the door and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, that guy I saw two days prior in a restaurant. And, you know, like he had this very confident um, posture like he just stood up straight and he just looked so confident like he was the owner of the place and I was like who's that guy so he already caught my eye and I was like he's handsome he's a good looking dude and I was like but you know I didn't get paid that much attention that night because we were out for dinner with the crew and we were really tired anyway what what are the chances that I was going to see him two days later and he's going to be the, the guy on the bike but now I actually remember what I have to say, you know, what I should have told you before I started this conversation. <laughs> the day why I say I, I pretty much um, manifested him 24 hours later um, in a 24-hour period it was because the day before, after my job finished, I sat down on the beach and I had to, like, it was um, the end of Ju uh, January and I wanted to make sure I was writing down my goals, business mm -hmm. goals, personal goals, like, you know, all the things I wanted to do, achieve. And then I was like relationships and love. And I wrote down, I'm ready to fall in love again. Wow. Five I, months later, you said, I'm ready. I'm ready. Even though like I was still sad. I just, you know, I, it, it, it felt like I was ready. And I wrote it down and I was surprised myself. I was like, so the day later, I meet my current husband. And we were cycling, we were going around the island. He is a really powerful cyclist. I, I was in my like sparkly black and gold <laughs> yoga pants, you know, no clip-ons. Like I was, you know, like for him, the typical LA girl back then, right? And so he was like, oh God, this girl is going to slow me down. <laughs> Anyhow, I was able to keep up somewhat, um, really had to work hard uh, and trying to impress him. And we, we got to, um, got to, and we, we exchanged uh, numbers and, uh, and, and we started dating pretty much, uh, let's see, four or five days later uh, when we were both back in LA. Oh, so he's from LA. There. He also was there on vacation because he already spent a lot of time in Hawaii, where we live now, because that's, you know, his, one of the favorite places for him to be. He loves mm -hmm. water sports. And so we met here 
And um, yeah, we started dating in LA. He lived uh, a little bit further down south, but uh, it was, you know, and I, because I had been married and in a relationship for 12 years, I didn't really know what dating was like. So I was just like, the best way to figure out if we really enjoy spending time together and really are a match is to live together. And so six months in, we, we pretty much moved in. I still had like my place. Actually, I lived in, the, in, a, in an RV that, around that time. It's so funny. Nice. And um, You know and I yeah. love that. And so it's been, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful to find my soulmate and, uh, and have a life together here in Hawaii. I love that. You know, we get asked quite often here on the podcast, how do I find the one? How do I find my soulmate, my twin flame, my other half? I always tell people, do things you love. Don't go searching for them. Dating apps are fun. They're okay. But don't go out into the world every day with the intention of I'm going to find my soulmate. I'm going to find my husband, find my wife. Go do things that you love. Take yourself hiking. Take yourself like you did. I want to see the island. I'm going to take myself on a cycling tour. Well, and wow. if it wasn't for my driver's license to, you know, to not be yeah. present that day, I would have probably not gone cycling because I didn't even love cycling that much that back then. Now I am a triathlete and I have, you know, I love road biking. And But back then cycling was just, for me, a transportation. In Holland, everyone has yeah. one or two bikes. It's daily. It's just a, you know, it's just what you do, but it's not really a fun thing. It's more transportation. So when I was cycling, like, so I was really being guided to to meet him like okay take your driver's license and the funny thing was that the day that I lost my driver's license where in Colorado was that I'll go find it where <laughs> one of the ski resorts and <laughs> we like Aspen at. Breckenridge which one I think it was Breckenridge or yeah. Ste- was it steamboats <laughs> I'm really sure but yeah the funny thing was that I I told my friend um that day I said I am curious to see why I am losing my my driver's license right now like maybe I'll find a guy of my dream at the DMV maybe he'll be right there in line with you said that like the day you lost your license yeah it's like you intuitively knew that losing this license was a small drop in the divine plan strange huh yeah I was just like all right that's really shitty but what if (laughs) oh are you I'm just like that I always believe like if you get a flat tire if you get caught in traffic that you are just being guided there's yeah. always a reason behind these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and, and that's, that's, I have one good story about that. So we were going on an adventure with the adventure crew, and we were going on this new hike, and every sign out there said, don't trespass, private property, don't go in. I mean, at least five big signs. And, of course, that's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> So we're chit-chatting, you know, we haven't seen each other in a couple of days, and we're just like, you know, catching up. And then we hear this grunt, and we're like, what the heck is that? Because in Hawaii, or in Maui at least, you don't have really anything to worry about. There's no poisonous animals, there's no snakes, there's just nothing really to worry about. So we were just like, what the is that? We look over and we see a bull, a large <laughs> bull, and he is not exactly happy that we're in his territory. And uh, we're like, Shit, we don't really know what to do. Like, do we climb in a tree? Or if like, <laughs> like comes running after us, he's like, you know, hundreds of pounds. It's heavy. It's, he's got horns. All right. No, don't make eye contact. Just kind of walk away. Just be quiet. And so we really wanted to do the action, like the, the, where we were going was an ex- spectacular waterfall 
And we wanted to make sure to see it because it was on our bucket list. Now, the bull did not let us go. We had to turn around, got in the car. We're all giggly and we're just like, oh my God, you know, like this is so crazy because most of the time we know what to do, but we had no clue on what to do, you know, when endangered with a bull in front of you. <laughs> and so we Googled the shit out of it. We're like, we got to know next time we ever see a bull again. But, you know, it's obviously there's just one bull probably on the island and they may have put the bull on that private property for a reason to get, you know, people trespassing out. So anyhow... We then continued on. We had, you know, a wonderful time in a different place. We went to do a different hike and it poured raining. It was absolutely like in the area that the bull was and that we were supposed to do the hike, there was flood flashes. Like, so the water here gets really crazy because there's so many mountains here and it mm -hmm. runs down so quickly that it can take you like uh, by surprise and you can die quickly in flood flashes here. So we, we thought in that moment, we for sure would have been in trouble, like with all that water coming down in that area. Um, that bull was there to warn us. That bull was there not to like, he was protecting us. And so we were extremely grateful for, for that sign uh, and that we turned around and that he did not let us pass. That was an animal guide right there. Yep. Wow. Oh, I love that. The universe is always working in our favor. That is yeah, and then we got to just everything. remind ourselves every time again, what is the universe, you know, like trying to tell us and what, yeah, what positive spin can we put on this? Absolutely. Well, Joe, it's adventure day. You got to go out and play and me too. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> hanging out in the lounge. I feel like we just scratched the surface of all the awesome things you are filled with knowledge on, but people can find you at your podcast, right? Yes. Live bi-weekly episodes. On your favorite podcast app. And yeah, the book, Models Do Eat. You can purchase that on Amazon. And what's your Instagram? Because I know they're going to come find you. Underscore Models Do Eat. Yeah. So that's, uh, the last name is spelled D-E um, and then J-O-N-G. Yes. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm a goal digger. I love to set goals. I love to like help everyone make their goals you know, come alive. And yes. also inspire you to, and I will remind myself and you, Stephanie, and everyone else that needs to hear it, that you can do it all. Doesn't mean you have to do it all, all the time. Take some time to, you know, to play, to go on adventure, to connect with friends, make the time. Life passes by so quickly and all the things that need to get done will get done anyway. I just love her energy. I love Jill's energy. She's so wholesome. And isn't it wild that someone who has been through the supermodeling world and made a very successful career out of it, traveled the world, met so many people, can be so down to earth and laid back? Jill is a very special breed. She has a Sagittarius moon. I forgot to add that. But she's so special and unique. And she is truly a light worker. So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with her. I hope you learned a thing or two. And again, if you are interested in going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN, as you heard us talk about on the show, you will, there will be a link in the show notes as well as lightworkers-lounge.com. When you use the word Lightworkers Lounge or use my name, Stephanie Powers, you get a very steep discount off of the price of tuition. Jeffrey is now here to say hello. Okay, but my heaven forbid I record for two seconds without you. Um, 
that, you know, it's cool that I started IIN before I got Jeffrey and the story of how I got my pug Jeffrey, if you don't know who I'm talking about, is so wild, so unique. I mean, just the most synchronistic thing that you guys know, you experience it in your daily lives too. It's mind blowing. And I got him halfway through my IIN program. And I really do credit it to helping me manifest him because it showed me that I was on the right trajectory, right? Like you have to be in alignment with your truth in order for all of these new doors to open. And speaking of new doors, Jordan and I, my partner, we're creating a brand around Jeffrey to be announced in the near future. But what will spring from this, I don't know, but it feels so good. I've always wanted to create something from the story of Jeffrey that's tangible and will last long after he's physically gone. So IIN, you can still be circled back to IIN. Link to that will be in the show notes or just go to instituteforintegrativenutrition.com. If you feel like signing up or if you just feel like saying hello, the ambassadors will get right back to you and they are so full of information and passionate about the school, which is a huge green flag. Mention Stephanie Powers or the Lightworkers Lounge podcast sent you for a discount. I love you guys. We have awesome interviews on deck every week for like the next month. I just recorded one with a just phenomenal guest this morning that one's gonna be out in a month and i can't wait you'll know it when you hear it and i'm just so thankful that you guys are here in lightworkers lounge with me and after this episode airs i'm pretty sure we will be at 1 million downloads well past 1 million downloads actually and to wrap my mind around that i don't know if i can (laughs) wow 1 million i love you guys thank you so much From my beautiful condo in Pagosa Springs, Colorado, to wherever you are at, I am sending you grounding energy and a lot, a lot of love. Goodbye.